Welcome back to the QEH podcast, the place to find out more about the school and to connect with staff, pupils and parents at a deeper level. Each week we'll be interviewing people within the QEH community, asking them questions and spending time understanding them and more about the school. In this episode, we speak to Lydia Mantle, Head of Year 7, about the transition and induction process for pupils when they join QEH, how the school ensures Year 7s from primary schools feel comfortable and make friends quickly, and also what the peer mentor scheme is. But we also find out some of Lydia's favourite things about Paris from her time living there, so stick around to see what they might be. But for now, join us as we explore the world of QEH through the eyes of Lydia Mantle. Lydia, thank you for being here and welcome to the QEH podcast. How are you doing today? I'm really well, thanks, Simon. Yeah, I'm very good. I, I enjoy my Thursdays, so I'm, I'm feeling happy about life today. <laughs> How does a typical Thursday look for you in that case? So I'm quite fortunate. Um, my, well, my teaching week is is quite sort of front heavy. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is very, very busy. Um, and then Thursdays, I get a chance for a little bit more of a breather. I've, I have two lovely classes today, year nine and year 11. But then I have lots of time for other other much needed tasks on a Thursday and then we can slide into the weekend on the Friday is that right indeed yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay now in this episode we're going to be talking about your role as head of year seven but before we do that could you just tell us a little bit about your own education kind of you know where you went to school and what your first job was after you left the world of education from a student point of view yeah absolutely um I mean I, I actually came into teaching by a slightly circuitous route I am. Um, I did, uh, well, I, I went to school in, in Worcestershire, um, which I absolutely loved. Uh, and then after that, I went to Nottingham University to do French and Spanish and Portuguese, um, which is a fantastic experience, um, lots and lots of fun. Um, had the opportunity to live abroad. Uh, and then I actually came back to not knowing really what I wanted to do. Um, initially, I, I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher, though. So I, I, I sort of had that at the back of my mind. I had a fantastic English teacher at school who... Um, you know, I told her that I wanted to be a teacher too, and she said, fantastic, but maybe think about doing something else first. So mm -hmm. after university, with, when I had a languages degree, I actually went into um, charter surveying. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I went to um, Reading University for a year to do a master's, uh, and then went to London and started working for a, um, a global property consultancy. Um, and I trained to be a surveyor um, in the sort of commercial sector. And because of my languages background, I was very fortunate. I had the opportunity to go and work in Brussels and also in Paris uh, for a while, which was some of the happiest memories I think of my life. Certainly Paris was. Um, and then after that, I worked yeah, as, a, as a surveyor for, I think it was about seven years, but still with this sort of in the back of my mind, thinking that I wanted to be a teacher and that was sort of mm. always there for me. So eventually I decided to bite the bullet. I'd actually done sort of quite a lot of, uh, youth work and work with youth groups and things in, in London um, and so I, I knew that that was sort of the direction I wanted to be going in into uh, so I then left I left property and I went to work for a local charity which okay. worked with um, disadvantaged young people trying to get them um, into further education and employment through a coaching program uh, which is and it was just a really inspiring um, fantastic organization I worked there for two years and then um, got onto my PGCE uh, at Birmingham University. Went and lived back at home with my parents for a year, which mm -hmm. uh, was actually great for me. I'm not quite sure if it was great for them, but they were absolutely uh, amazing during that year. Uh, and then I got my job at QEH. So it was very, very, very fortunate. I feel like I 
almost hit the jackpot with my first job. Um, I've been there now for five years. Well, I think I'm in my fifth year now. And I'm guessing that your French, Spanish and Portuguese uh, language background is how you're also working in the MFL department, Modern Foreign Language. Is that right? Absolutely, yes. Uh, I'm a I'm a, a French and Spanish teacher of, um, from years 11 up to sixth form. So, yeah, it keeps me, keeps me very busy. Absolutely love it. A lot's going on. Lots of activity in the classroom. Never a dull moment. So absolutely love it. OK, now tell me a little bit about being head of year seven. First of all, what does that actually mean? So um, being head of year seven, I um, have a fantastic team of, uh, well, it comprises a, a assistant head of year um, and four tutors. Um, and we're a very sort of close-knit team. And it's our job to look after the boys who are coming in obviously to year seven. It, it, it sort of straddles also year six as well in that we, um, we do a lot of work um, overseeing the transition of boys coming up to us either from our junior school or from okay. further afield. Um, but our job day to day is obviously ensuring the absolute you know, well-being of all of the boys coming in, making sure they integrate really well into school life when they join us, but also making sure they're really happy with us on a day to day basis. Um, so it's, it's, it covers all manner of, of issues and yeah but it's 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 a yeah really fantastic job for all of us I think. a rewarding role yeah we're very fortunate and you mentioned about the uh the other schools and the transition with the year six boys typically what sort of schools do they tend to come from so we have a real range actually uh, i'd say in a typical year about uh maybe 40 percent of our boys maybe third to 40 percent of our boys come from our junior school okay um so they're already quite familiar with what lies ahead for them albeit i still think coming up to senior school is a big is a big change big change yeah Um, big change very big change and then we tend to have boys from you know anything up to about 30 schools so uh, a huge mixture of schools um across bristol and further afield um but lots yeah lots of boys actually join us from schools where they're the only one to come mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. that school. So um, that's hence why transition is really important for us, making sure that each boy, you know, feels very, very welcome and very happy um, and fully integrated, be it from you know, if he's the only boy from his school or if he's one of a group of group of boys. So tell me a bit more about that transition process. I mean, how does that actually work before a boy joins in year seven? And then tell me a little bit as well about that whole induction process so that they can settle into the school as quickly as possible. How does that actually work? So uh, we would typically have, obviously over the last year has been slightly different, but typically we have a series of taster mornings that we run in uh, November and December time. Uh, And those typically comprise uh, a selection of taster lessons for the boys so they get to know what it feels like to be in the classroom um, and what it feels like to be, you know, behind that big big blue door, which a lot of them find quite probably a little bit daunting to start with. And so, yeah, they'll, they'll experience like, uh, lessons and uh, obviously meeting others. And then they'll have an interview, a very short interview with me, uh, with my assistant head of year, um, and also with Mr. Heathcote. Mm-hmm. So we get to know a little bit about boys and what they enjoy and what, um, you know, what they're into and what they'd be looking forward to about coming to QEH. Mm-hmm. And then after that, obviously, they, they sit their exam in January. And um, once they're offered a place, we have uh, an induction day, which happens in the summer term. So okay. coming up uh, later this term in June. Um, and that's a really fantastic day for boys because it gives them the opportunity to come in effectively for a whole school day. They would have, again, sort of a selection of lessons in the morning in school. 
and we have a big sort of team photograph on the steps outside school which is always a uh, I think much treasured by parents maybe not so by the kids when they have to look at it in the years to come but um and we all get together for our, for our big photo with the, with the tutors and um, assistant head of year which is uh, always a really special moment and then they spend the day in their tutor groups so they get to meet their um, prospective uh, future fellow tutees uh, and you know hopefully to start to form some friendships mm-hmm. uh, and then in the afternoon after we've fed them with a delicious lunch mm-hmm. ship them all off to uh, Feyland where they spend the afternoon doing games and be running around in the sunshine although obviously British weather you're never quite sure are you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so then after they've joined in year seven Let's imagine then then that they've been there for, say, three, four months. How does a typical day look for them? Yeah, so, I mean, the boys, I'm not going to lie to you, it's it's pretty full on. Uh, School days are very, very busy for our boys and they cope absolutely brilliantly um, and they they seem to get used to it very quickly. So a typical day would be they would come in for a tutor period uh, where they'd be registered, read notices and sort of set up for the day. And then they'll have nine lessons each day. So some of them are double lessons, some single. And then hopefully at lunch on a sort of typical lunchtime, they'd be able to do extracurricular activities. And similarly, after school, we offer obviously a huge range of extracurricular stuff for the boys to get involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a busy, busy day. Lots of going to and fro and having to keep an eye on the time. And, but there's, there's tons and tons of stuff to be occupying them and yeah, giving them a really full day. And then thinking as well about the boys that have joined where maybe they were the only pupil from their school. You mentioned about roughly 30 odd Mm. schools. Um, How do you ensure that they settle in quickly so that they feel very comfortable and and that they can make friends as quickly as possible? So we when the boys uh, join us, we we tend to obviously we make sure that the forms are a really good mix. So, you know, there are lots of boys. We we wouldn't necessarily put all the boys from one form together unless they specifically requested that. So they, lots of boys, you know, we tell them that they're all in the same boat and that they might be looking around thinking everyone knows everyone else, but that's definitely not the case. Mm-hmm. And we do lots of team building um, activities with them initially. So uh, on, so it's, it's usually about the third Friday of the autumn term, we take all of the boys to uh, away to um, Margam Park, which is near oh, okay. Talbot's. And we it's, it's an overnight um, residential trip. So it's just going on Friday, coming back on the Saturday afternoon. Um, and that's a really brilliant opportunity, actually, for them to get to know each other f- properly sort of for the first time. They, they might meet boys from other forms. We put, put them in rooms with in, in pairs with, with pairs from different form groups. So they get to meet a range of boys across the year. We put them in different activities groups so that they're mixing with lots of different boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the highlight is usually when we go into the river and get completely covered in mud head to toe, <laughs> uh, including staff. Much, I was about to much ask that. And, yeah, much, much joy watching the members of staff getting absolutely caked. Um, yeah, but they, they absolutely love that. It's, it's a brilliant uh, trip for them. And then throughout the term, we do lots of interform competitions so boys you know obviously competing against each other um for things like dodgeball or um football uh geography quizzes uh general knowledge stuff um lots of things now tell me something as well about the peer mentor scheme that you've got there at the school how does that work yeah so the, the peer mentor scheme is is i think one of the most fantastic initiatives we've got at school um it's it's essentially we have sick formers who apply to take part in it so there are sick formers who 
who particularly want to take part uh, in the peer mentor scheme. And that involves very thorough training mm-hmm. and you know, developing things like their listening skills and their emotional intelligence in order to equip them to look after these boys. And essentially it will mean that the sixth form is going to year seven classes once a week, usually during a tutor period. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will spend time with their group of year seven boys so that usually consists of sort of three or four boys with each sixth former. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, the onus is very much on the sick formers to come up with the tasks that they, or the, the activities or the games that they, they do together. Um, and essentially they are predominantly team building games and activities and discussion opportunities. And um, through that, the boys in year seven get to build a really special relationship with somebody you know, much bigger and taller from much higher up the school who's experienced it all first, same as them. And um, and that's that's really, really special because I think it not only enables the boys to feel like they can um, ask questions that they might not ask to a member of staff, um, but also they, they do build that relationship. So if they see that sick former around school, they, they've got that sort of link, that connection. Mm. And we we tend to go, if we can, we go up to uh, Hollywood Bowl for a bowling evening with all the peer mentors. So they, they get to see them outside, effectively outside of school as well as inside school. But it's it's a really beneficial initiative, I think. Uh, and I know lots of the boys really value it equally you know, in year seven and also on the other side, the, the boys and girls in our sixth form, I think, find it a really valuable experience. I'm, I'm sure it is. And the very fact, surely, that you have to apply for it as a sixth former mm-hmm. means that the ones who do it are people who take it seriously as well. And they, it's something that they really want to do. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we've got, we're very fortunate. We've got a great bunch um, of, of peer mentors who are very dedicated and yeah, they're very sort of passionate about being involved with the scheme. So. It works really well. No, it does sound very good. And how long has that been running for as a scheme? Gosh, so it it started, I think, I mean, I, I wouldn't know the number of years. I know it's been going for many, many, many years. I think it was the idea of our former school counsellor, who's an absolutely lovely lady who left a couple of years ago, and another um, great uh, guy who was a, a head of our classics department. They came up with the idea many, many years ago, but I, I wouldn't like to guess how many years. But it's very much a embedded QEH initiative so yeah. I'm just thinking about those year seven boys once they become sixth formers they're much more likely I mm. presume to to do the same thing to give back to to younger boys yeah but also I'm wondering if they ever feel the need to or ever feel the desire to connect or reconnect I should say with their peer mentor from beforehand who now probably is sort of leaving university that sort of age do you know if that ever happens? I don't actually I don't. I, I would imagine in, in certainly in, in the current age of social media and everybody being very well connected, I would imagine that would be a very easy thing to, to come about. But I, I don't know. Hopefully that would be great. No, interesting. Interesting. OK, now let's talk about lunch, because I know it's a, a <laughs> highlight of the day for, for a lot of people, uh, staff as well as boys. But tell me what's on yeah. offer, generally speaking, for lunch at QEH if you're a, if you're a year seven boy. Okay, so lunch is a very exciting time of day, uh, not only just for the for the boys and girls, uh, but staff also. So yeah, we're really, really fortunate. We've got a fantastic catering team. I have no idea how they do it. They come up with all sorts of wonderful creations for obviously hundreds and hundreds of people. They are an incredible team. Um, but yeah, generally we, there's lots and lots of choice. So um, lots of different tastes are catered to. Um, have I don't know anything from pasta to 
delicious curries to jacket potatoes to um, a roast on on a Wednesday is a mm -hmm. uh, highlight for many, I believe. Not personally myself, but um, and Fridays are very exciting. There's, there's lots of boys of it get to lunch on on Friday, um, and girls because uh, it's the fish and chip day or burgers, and then lots and lots and lots of cakes and sweet treats, which again there really is more than enough choice. It sounds delicious. It really does, and I'm sure that with with the boys at that sort of age, they're running around and burning that off quite easily. How do staff tend to cope with that, though? Well, actually, um, <laughs> that's a good question. It, it is a battle of willpower because there's lots and lots of delicious treats on offer for staff, and at various points of the day. So um, you need you need decent willpower for a start, but also we have lots and lots and lots of stairs. Okay, right. So you're yeah. constantly on the go, up and down the stairs. Um, so that yeah, it doesn't seem to be too much of an issue. But yeah, there's not much sitting around at school. That's that has to be said. Yeah. <laughs> and tell me a little bit as well about the clubs and activities for Year Seven pupils. Uh, yeah, so we've I mean we've got the the usual range that you would expect, um, but there's lots of different things. What I what I really love about certainly about QEH um, is that we have clubs that cater for lots and lots of different tastes. So hmm. not necessarily sports or music or drama. There's there's other things on offer which which boys certainly at year seven might find appealing um because obviously the, the, the school day is busy as i've explained so there are quieter clubs if you like and where they can get a little bit more peace peace and quiet um, okay so current but currently in, in year seven i mean this term we've got uh the usual sort of sports activities and house activities we've got music uh music groups after school drama we've got chess which is currently online which i dabbled in very with very disastrous results it has to be said and I know the year sevens really enjoy beating me every week um <laughs> uh, well, we've also got like gardening club model making knitting interform quizzes table tennis lots and lots of things on gosh that really is a lot of activity isn't it yeah never a dull moment <laughs> no no yeah. Okay, so Lydia, I've asked various questions about school life and about year sevens and about what it's like being head of year seven. I've got a couple of quick questions for you now, though. What are some of the things you enjoy doing at weekends when you're not at school at all? Oh, gosh. Um, when I'm not at school at all, what do I like doing at weekends? I mean, this year has been slightly different, obviously, for everybody. So it's been quite home-based, mm -hmm. lots of nesting and uh, that sort of thing um, but I think typically love to be out and about obviously meeting up with friends I've got I've got friends sort of stashed all across the country now so um, I love going and seeing them and usually being outdoors if I can heading to the coast if I can mm -hmm. I, I like I like my walking and a bit of tennis although again pretty pretty disastrous at that but <laughs> um, yeah just I guess catching up with friends would be the main thing dabbling in in the kitchen with mixed results and yeah I am quite I am quite a home body as well I, I like I like sort of I like my own environment okay okay but I'm militant about decluttering and that sort of thing so yeah there's, there's always something to be doing <laughs> a bit Marie Kondo then oh indeed absolutely yeah <laughs> you should see my sock drawer it's a work of art <laughs> a work of art as a sock drawer I love it <laughs> and tell me one of your favorite things about Paris you said you loved your time living there oh my goodness um no, I don't want to sound like a disastrous cliche here. I, I was very fortunate when I lived in Paris. I, through a friend of a friend, I had a room in the first arrondissement. So it was like in the oh. absolute centre of Paris. Oh. And I mm. worked on the Place Vendôme. So it was it was like a five minute walk to work. It was absolutely dreamy. I thought I was on a film set every day. <laughs> My favourite things about Paris. I mean, I love Paris 
in the winter so you've got blue skies cold crisp air obviously the food and the wine is, mm-hmm. is delicious but I guess just strolling around and absorbing the atmosphere um lots of leisurely activities usually involving eating and drinking and <laughs> yeah it's just a beautiful place I, fi- I found it just so visually stunning you could just sort of wander around and take it all in do you prefer France or Spain oh very good question um I love them both for different reasons um I spent I, I had an incredible trip in France and Spain a couple of summers ago I walked Camino de Santiago um very tiring I'm not mm. gonna lie mm-hmm. um but that was obviously France and Spain um so I, I and I experienced I think for the first time because I spent quite a lot of time in Spanish cities I experienced the, the more rural side to Spain mm. um during that trip which was absolutely stunning and um I think the people in Spain are incredibly warm and very hospitable I actually went to stay with our Spanish assistant and his wife and their family um, when I was out there so I've experienced very sort of warm hospitality in Spain um, Mm. which I I really love so from a young age actually from my bike from when I was a um, an exchange student at the age of 14 I I experienced real warmth there and real sort of joy um, from the people but I think France the countryside the mountains the rivers the food it's just you're going to say France that's the goal for retirement I'm probably (laughs) going to say France yeah Okay. I have this sort of dream of having a sort of an old farmhouse and a vineyard and a little two two CB one day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a tricky question because there's kind of no right answer and no wrong answer, is there? They're both great places. They are fantastic places. And I've been, obviously my studies have let me have enabled me to um, go and experience them firsthand, which I always tell the boys and girls that's what we that's what we're aiming for. We're not we're not learning languages to sit in a classroom in Bristol. We're learning them for adventures. So. Rightly so. Uh, we need to bring this to a close in a minute, but for anyone who's heard anything and they might want to get in touch with any questions, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've got our, our website for people to browse um, with lots and lots of information on there. Um, any direct inquiries, so inquiries could come to the school office. I think mm-hmm. that's office at qhbristol.co.uk. Um, and equally, I'm, I'm, I'm a chatter, so I, I enjoy a phone call as well. So I'm very open to people contacting me directly. That's, that's absolutely fine. Well, look, Lydia, thank you for your time. It's been really good talking to you. Been really good hearing about Year 7. Been really good hearing about France and Spain as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. And there we go. A big thank you to Lydia for taking the time out to speak to us in her role as head of Year 7. Now, as always, don't forget you can contact the school if you have any questions. It's qehbristol.co.uk or you can email office at qehbristol.co.uk. Now, if you're listening to this and you haven't followed this podcast channel yet, then now is the time to do so, because then it means that when the next episode is released, you'll just get a small notification to let you know that it's ready. And that means you won't miss it. So go and do that now. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now.